All right, here we are, man. It's Big Daddy, and we got another Big Daddy and Friends uh, show. And I, I have to say, the our guest tonight is one of my favorite people, and uh, we've been friends a very long time. We do business together. We, we've done a lot of things together. So, uh, you know, let me give you a little bit before I announce it. Anyway, even though everyone, all you uh, viewers are seeing him on the screen, but for you listeners that are listening, we have Bill Guerin on with us. And let me give you a little bit of history, okay? He's a four-time Stanley Cup winner. He's also, and I didn't even know this, Billy, but um, you have the most game-winning goals in NHL history. And that, that was, you know, me looking up research and whatnot. I don't think so. Well, Look, we might I'm, have to fact check that. I may, you know what? I may have to fact check that, but I gotta say, um, anyway, regardless, <laughs> all you viewers, and listeners, yeah, exactly. For all you viewers and listeners out there, everyone, say hello to Bill Garen. So, Bill, welcome to Big Daddy and Friends. Thanks, buddy. It's great to see you. It's been too long. Yeah, it's been a while. I. Uh, you know, obviously, with everything we're dealing now, uh, my uh, f- my frequent flying uh, capacity has gone down extremely uh, due to what we're dealing with with COVID and everything. But uh, hopefully, next year uh, I'll get out to see you and uh, Kara and everybody. And, yeah, absolutely! Uh, I can't wait to have you. Yeah, check out a game. You know, I uh, you know I get the Minnesota. Uh, as well, because you know, I got my boys over there at the Vikings that uh, you had the good uh, fortune of meeting over there, and uh, I heard they gave you a welcome, uh, a, a warm welcome when you got there. Yeah, they absolutely did. They gave me a big tour of the, the their new practice facility. Holy cow! They did not cut any corners. It's uh, you know they've got a great organization, a great history, and you know it's it's an awesome sports town. Yeah, like these people, they just they just. They love their their teams, and um, you know we're we, we all, all between the four of us. Or you know, we, I mean, there's even uh, the soccer team, and uh, there's women's hockey here. There's there's a bunch of stuff, and we need a championship. We need a championship soon. I hear you. So you know what we do here is uh, like uh, we sit down and we chat it up, like you and I meeting at Starbucks or sitting in the locker room after a game. It's, you know, it's just let your hair down. You know, I don't got much, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we can laugh it up and uh, we can let people know uh, some things that people may not even know about you. And and you want to laugh. All right. I might have fumbled the ball. We'll use it in my layman's terms on that first fact. But I'm going to bring up a fact that blew me away. And I'm going to share this with everyone out there. I did not know that you have Hispanic descent. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. My my mom, my mom is from Managua, Nicaragua, and um, yeah, so I'm I'm half Nicaraguan, and it's uh, it's something that I'm really proud of, and and it was, um, you know, it was uh, something we really celebrated in our house growing up. Uh, you know, my dad was from Worcester, Massachusetts. Um, he, he, he met my mom, uh, just after college. My mom was in college and she was down. She was actually, my mom was at Ole Miss. She, her, her father, my grandfather had a connection there. 
My mm -hmm. mom was at Ole Miss um, uh, during that undefeated uh, season with that great team during the integration of the first uh, African-American student there. Oh, okay. And it's kind of funny, you know, I saw that 30 for 30, the ghosts of Ole Miss, and I was kind of doing the math, and I'm like, I think my mom was there. And I'm like, Mom, you never figured you'd tell me that story or anything? And she's like, <laughs> nah, you know, I was, I grew up in Nicaragua. We had we had this stuff going on around us all the time. It was no big deal. I was like, oh, that was, that was pretty big. But no, she she's she was a big uh, big influence on my life, and you know, and also growing, you know, I was born in seventy, so like in the eighties, you know, I was you know ten and and growing up, and um, you know, there was a lot of turmoil in Nicaragua, and we used to go down there in the seventies, you know, every other year or whatever visit, and in the eighties, all that stuff happened, so we had to stop going. But mm -hmm. yeah, like I said, it was a big uh, a big part of my life growing up. Well, so tell me, how did it feel breaking the barrier? You know, meaning like, you know, every every hockey guy is yeah. either Canadian, American, or, you know, Russian or European, so to speak. Yeah, I, I didn't uh, – I didn't even know. I didn't even realize it. When somebody told me that, I was like, you've got to be kidding me. There had to be somebody before, but apparently there wasn't. And, um, yeah, I mean, when I started getting some – you know, uh, I, I guess people started mentioning it more and more, more attention. I realized that, that it was a really, a really cool thing to be a part of, really cool thing to, to, uh, to have done. And, um, you know, like for me, it was just part of growing up. Like I didn't really think anything of it. That's just the way I did it. I was, I was definitely the only kid growing up with a Nicaragua patch on the arm of my hockey jacket. I was actually going to ask my, you. My dad put that on there. <laughs> I, I was reading about that. And I'm like, wow, that must have been kind of different but cool at the same time, you know? Oh, yeah. I was like, Hatrick, 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 Nicaragua. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, great. I mean, and, and you know what? And I can relate because, you know, my father was from Peru and my mom was from the Dominican Republic. So for us, we grew up in Queens until uh, I was a fifth grader. Then we moved from Queens to New Hyde Park, and we were like the only Hispanics. Right, but, right, right. You know, and so we stuck out like sore thumbs, but what happened what helped us was we were all three of us were good athletes. So, you know, I went to Maryland. My other two brothers played football at Hofstra. And, you know, you just kind of fit in with everybody, and you play yeah. – uh, yeah. You play three sports because it's a small school. So, uh, exactly. You know, you know it's, it's funny that you say that. My brother in law is from Lima, Peru. No, and I was actually going to ask uh, see, this is how well you're reading. You know what? I should just hand you the mic and you ask me questions because <laughs> I, had that, I had that. That's why you're a GM. I had that down as part of my notes. I was going to say to you, now, Billy, you got a brother in law who's from Peru. My dad is from Lima. I've been to Lima uh, about six times as a kid growing up. I've been there. and uh, But the million-dollar question is, can you and I hold a conversation in Spanish? How's your Spanish? Probably not. It's not up to snuff. And I, I know, be, and I I know you're doing Yeah. And I know I can, your daughter is bilingual, right? Yeah, I have one daughter is is definitely fluent in, in Spanish. The she won't admit it, 
Um, and I think the other two or the other three are, could get by as well. Um, my sister's kids are all bi bilingual, trilingual. Um, but yeah, like my, my one daughter, Grace, her, her, um, you know, she's a pre-med student also, but she, and she wants to work in like a kind of inner city trauma unit to, uh, and be able, she wants to be able to communicate with the, the Hispanic community and she's worked really hard at it. And, you know, I'm, I'm proud of her for that. And she's got, she's got more than me. Sometimes I'll try. <laughs> and then she'll be like, ah, oh, dad, you're way off. You're, you know, your grammar's wrong here or here. And I'm like, I'm trying. I'm trying. And, and, no, and you want to laugh. What I remember going to Peru and having, you know, two different dialects growing up, my mom being Dominican and my dad being Peruvian. When I went to Peru, they would say to me, besides being as big as you are, we know you're not Peruvian, one. Yeah. <laughs> you're speaking gibberish because that, yeah. is not, <laughs> that is not the proper uh, Peruvian language or vocabulary. Yeah, dialect. Been, yeah. Yeah, dialect. And I'm like, oh, oh, my God, I'm just trying to get by. <laughs> be so able a, to lot of, a lot of my mom's side of the family lives, lives in Florida, uh, down in Miami area, and we used to go down there and visit, and it was kind of funny because – Everybody around the dinner table could speak Spanish, you know, all the adults, you know, I'd be with the kids and whatever. And everybody would be speaking Spanish and they'd be singing songs from like their childhood and laughing. And then he got my dad over, you know, at the probably put himself at the head of the table. And he's, you know, the, the, the Irish guy from South Worcester nodding <laughs> like, like he knows what's going on. You know, we're just kind of looking over there, making fun of him. Like, look at that. He's like, he thinks he knows. He thinks he can understand everybody. But it was great. We had a blast. Yeah, it was. It was awesome. Well, I'll tell you one thing. You know, they know how to eat, and I, I to this day, I still have ceviche at least two or three times a month because I'm addicted to that food. You yeah, know, it's the best. It's the best, and you know, uh, people say, "What is ceviche?" I'm like. Uh, think about it. It's, it's sushi with lime juice. Yeah, you know? <laughs> that's pretty much. That's pretty <laughs> much it. It's simple and uh, not get into being a chef. Yeah, anyway, yeah exactly. Um, so listen, I've been fortunate to follow your whole career, and you know, being uh, involved in the Olympics, and I think one of the greatest times I ever had, I enjoyed, was uh, watching you. Was when you guys won the World Cup, and you know, you uh, beat Canada and. And, uh, you know, you uh, some of my boys are on that team as well, you know, like Brian Smolinski and, you know, J.R. Roenig and, and so many guys. And it's like you always – when you watch uh, – I go on YouTube sometimes and I watch some of that stuff because I really appreciate, one, that era of hockey. And also when you know the guys, it even makes it that much more special where you want to watch. You want to yeah. – you, you watch, you learn, you, you learn competitive – competitiveness and you also learn how to win because you know you guys are all winners i mean especially you you know four times i've been to two of your stanley cup parties so i know you're a winner exactly exactly it's those are the best ones those are the best yeah. but that that tournament was uh i mean that was that was unbelievable that was maybe the best outside of the stanley cup finals the best hockey i've been involved with and it was just so um it was so fast, so passionate. It was dirty. It was tough. It, it had, it really had everything. And um, it was just a great team. You know, it's still to this day. Uh, you know, we have a tremendous bond. Uh, that, you know, with all of us from that '96 team, and um, 
that was one of the greatest times of my career. It was one of the most fun times and uh, one of the most rewarding for sure. And it was just, uh, you know, I, and I, I do say this because that Canadian team was incredible. Like yeah. they were just stacked and they just came out with a um, couple of years ago, came out with a documentary on, on that team and on that victory. And, um, yeah, I, wa- I watched it. Just, it, it was great. But to me, the, the, the graciousness of the Canadian guys and the respect that they showed us and how they kind of just gave us a tip of the hat after that. And it was, that I think was one of the most rewarding things to, uh, you know, to hear about a team that you played on was coming from, you know, the, some of the great Canadian players that uh, we were battling with. It was, it was really cool. Yeah, that was, uh, I watched that special where they showed the, uh, the uh, documentary and then they showed the game. And that was really cool. And I remember I actually TiVo'd that, so I have it uh, yeah. somewhere, somewhere. <laughs> in the archives. In the archives up up there. But, uh, you know, that was – and I got to see you guys play uh, live when you were at the Garden. I remember you right. guys at the Garden. Uh, yeah, I think we played uh, – uh, I think we played Russia. We yeah. played Russia there. Yeah, I remember that was uh, – I guess the first mer- the first go round. Yeah, believe. I think we had a game against maybe the Slo- uh, the Czechs or the Slovaks, and then I think we played Russia there eventually. Yeah, so that was the yeah. again being that I knew so many of the guys, it was like you know you felt like you were watching your home team, and you yeah. are because it's you know America, so you team USA. Yeah. So yeah. That- what, a, what a wild bunch! We just had the best there. Just the greatest guys. We had so many laughs. We still do. Whenever we see each other, it's it was a wild bunch of guys. It was fun. I can imagine. I mean, you know, obviously uh, knowing some of them, I, I get the whole uh, the whole idea. Now here you are. You leave. You uh, you go from being a player. Now you're in management. So with everything going on this year, how hard was it with uh, you know draft picks and free agency and all that with COVID? You know what? It, it was, um, it was, uh, yeah, it was difficult. Um, but I have, I've got a great staff, um, some really smart guys, some real guys that have been around this, not this type stuff before, cause it's never been, but like we were prepared. We were pre- prepared for, for anything that came around. And, um, you know, we had to, you know, we had to assume different things and prepare for different things because, this whole thing's fluid. You don't know which way it's going to go. And um, so frustrated with uh, the stoppage. Um, obviously, we understand why we had to do it. But then when we got up and go- went, got going again, it was fine. And then, you know, when, when we got knocked out, we come back and we start preparing for the draft like we do every year. And, you know, we were preparing for free agency like we did every year. The only thing was that it was just getting a little bit colder out. And it was a different, just a different time of year. Yeah. But I think just being being organized, uh, being prepared for anything, and, and having a, a great staff is that's all it takes. And and I think we, you know, in the draft we did well. Free agency we accomplished what we wanted to accomplish, and and that's uh, you know that's the name of the game. And now we're we're in training camp right now. We're getting back at it, and you know we're we're just pumped. We can we cannot wait to to drop the puck and start playing games. Yeah, and and how does it feel to start in January <laughs> training camp compared to September? <laughs> yeah, it's it's. I mean, it's definitely different. But I mean, you know this with the lockouts and yeah. work stoppages and things like that. We've been down this road before, 
And our league, our, our, our league is so strong. Um, our, our, you know, G Gary Bettman and Bill Daly have everything under control. They're, they're, we, we have complete faith in them. Um, you know, and the players are, are tough. They're, they're tough mentally. And they don't let things like this kind of get in their way. They're just like, just tell us when to be there. We'll be there in great shape. We'll drop the puck and we'll play hockey. Got it. No, that's uh, you know you got to give you you got to tip your hats tip your hat to the way you guys uh, you know just the NHL with the bubble and getting everything the playoffs through and you know the Stanley Cup was exciting and everything. I mean, kudos to everybody. Yeah, they, they really did do a great job and being up in the bubble, it was amazing. Like the just the production, the the time and money that they put into it, and, and even in the arena to put the, the the screens up and the replay boards with the fans and everything to make it better for the players, and, and it was it was totally worth. It. Yeah, I had Barry Trotz on uh, on one of the shows, and and he was funny because he said to me, he "Goes well, Big Daddy, you know, we get taken to this bubble, and all of a sudden we're all in this one hotel." And then as you're going round by round, all of a sudden he goes, by the time we got to the third round, he goes, I felt like I was in The Shining where the yeah, where did everybody go, you know, and, and, you know, there was no regular people in the hotel. So, uh, yeah, yeah, we yeah. didn't make it that far, unfortunately, <laughs> but next, next bubble, next, next bubble. Yeah, next bubble. So yeah. uh, the way he's, when he said that, I mean, he had me laughing because, and then he's like, well, then we win, and all of a sudden we got to fly all the way to Edmonton, and we barely get to the whole time. We got to play. And obviously, oh, yeah. game, you know, game one, he goes, you saw how dragging we were because we, we didn't have the, uh, the extra time to rest. Yeah, exactly. It's, you know? Yeah, you listen, it was tough. It was tough on everybody. I mean, that was – that was a that was a mental. It was pretty. It was it was pretty incredible that that we pulled it off like that. And I, I think uh, the league and the players and everybody involved just you know everybody pulled together. It was it was awesome. So do you what's the what's the outcome this year? What do you or the outlook? Meaning like, uh, is there going to be fans in the stands? You think or still you know in Saint, you know this year in Saint Paul? Or? There's going to be fans where, where you're allowed. You know, we all have to follow, you know, local government, um, you know, guidelines and things like that. And, um, you know, some some place will have, you know, more than others. Um, but I, I think we're we're all in agreement um, that we just have to do the right thing, you know, and it's not going to be perfect. You know, there are certain places that are more strict than others and, you know, our message to our players and our staff and everything is like, guys, we got to deal with this. We got to be able to roll with the punches. It's not going to be normal, but that doesn't mean it's going to be bad. It doesn't mean it's not going to be um, worth it or mean as much. It's actually probably going to mean more. And um, we just have to deal with it. And, you know, we're all big boys. We're all professionals. So let's not worry about the, you know, the, the little stuff that really doesn't make a difference. Let's, just be ready to play. Exactly. Exactly. Well, all right. So now we're at the point of the show where I basically have the guests ask me a question that maybe 
you know me pretty well, so maybe there's something that you want to throw at me that I may not know or may not be able to answer, or I have to give you an answer. No, and I, I, I so I, I thought about it, and I do. There, there's one thing that I, I really admire about you, but I want to hear your answer first. Um, well, there are a lot of things I admire about you, but there's one special thing about you that I think is is key to anybody's success. So my question is, you you have your hand on a lot of different things. You know, you're in insurance, you're in sports, you're in marketing, you do, you do everything and you know everybody. So, and you're extreme, an extremely successful guy. What is the one thing that has allowed you to be in to be successfully involved in so many fields you know what i think uh well actually i, I you know i don't want to sound like I, i'm coming off arrogant or you know better than anybody but i think when i say i'm going to do something i do it and if i can't do something i either find someone that can do it and can help me do it or can help the person that's asking I think that's what allows me to, uh, you know, first I started in insurance, then all of a sudden here I get handed a mic and I'm on Fox News, and that was kind of came out of left field. I didn't go to school for communication. <laughs> I was like, and then all of a sudden here I am at the Super Bowl interviewing people. Everybody's like, Big Daddy, what are you doing with a mic? What are you Love doing? It. You know? And it, it, it's just being at the right place at the right time and remembering where you came from. I mean, look. I met you when you were a New Jersey Devil, and uh, we're still we're tight, you know. We're yeah. friends, and 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 I use that analogy with a lot of people where I say I knew guys that were equipment managers, especially in football. That all of a sudden, fifteen years down the road, one guy's a vice president of an NFL team, another guy's running Nike, another guy is you know over here. Um, I'm friends with Kevin Plank, who started Under Armour. I went to his wedding, you know. So all those things, I think, is what allows me to be asked to be a part of things. And also, when I do something, I do it 100%. Yeah. And to, to me, what like when I talk about you and when I meet common friends and things like that, it's it's your ability to deal with people. And how you're, yeah, you get things done, but you always, you're, you're warm, you're engaging, you're fun, and you're, you're, you build these relationships that last a long time. And I, I do, so let me ask you this. Do you feel that, do you feel that because we're all doing Zoom calls now, we're all doing, you know, these, these, uh, you know, stream yards, these media things like, are we in jeopardy of, of losing that aspect of, of, of business? I just think it's a, it's like uh, going – we'll use baseball. It's like going from the, the, uh, the wooden bat when we were like five or six, seven years old to the aluminum bat. And then all of a sudden you go from the aluminum bat, then you go back to the wooden bat. And that's what I think all this is going on right now. And do I, the one thing I do think it will take away from, and it's funny when I say this, is having an office because everybody, like if you see, 
even myself included, I have an office in my home. I don't really have to go into Manhattan to have an office on Park Avenue, which I have access to, but I don't need to because of the Zoom and phones and laptops and iPads. I, I think that's really, it's obviously taking a bigger step, but at the end of the day, you still have to have face-to-face interaction yeah. because you yeah. can only do so much on a Zoom or a phone call or an email. You know, you have to, when you sign a player, you're not going to really do that over Zoom or you can, I guess. But when you go to recruit or look at kids, you can only watch so much tape, but you know that you want to get a feel, a live feel for a guy to see what their talent level is, how they act on the field or on the ice, off the ice, and and ask people, ask other people around them what they're all about. You can't do that all the time on a Zoom. Yeah, and I, I agree. And that, that's one thing that, that, you know, we can have meetings upon meetings and get on these different calls and be on the computers and stuff. It just, I don't, I'll, I'll never let that take the place of, uh, you know, person to person interaction. Um, you know, I, I just, I just think it's so important that you, you know, like us with our players to be in constant communication with them, to make sure we bump into them on a daily basis. You know, me and my hockey ops, uh, group, you know, make sure that we're in the office communicating because we pass each other in the hallways or bumping each other, you know, pop into each other's office and that's when like great discussions like start and it's just all from the human interaction. And, and I just, I, I hope we don't lose that. And you know what, there's something to be said for, you know, a, a boss taking his crew out for happy hour or, you know, doing stuff like that, being able to take people out for lunch or, you know, showing their kind of gratitude in, in different ways, but you have to be, you have to be in person to do that stuff. And I just, I hope we never, I hope we don't lose that because of this. Well, my brother, Jimmy, who is a a defensive backs coach with the Buffalo Bills and go Bills. And, uh, you know, they got a big weekend coming here. Now the playoffs are starting, but he was telling me how everything has changed from even when you're traveling on the road to, you know, having these, huge buffets where guys come in and, you know, they load up and now everything's in a box wrapped up individually and there's no team meal. Everybody's eating in their rooms. And, and uh, he goes, the best thing that happened to them was Christmas day. They got a foot of snow. So they went to a hill that happened to be by the practice facility and everyone went sleigh riding. You know, and and head coach included, you know, Sean Sean, uh, McDermott, they all went sleigh riding. And, you know, everybody was cool and mask and all that. But that was their time to get together, bond. All right, here we go. We got, you know, Buffalo is not uh, Palm Beach. So we got (laughs) to deal with what we got. And they made the best of it, you know, but. And, and think about it. You're going to a playoff game or before the playoffs, there's no fans, especially in that stadium where that stadium, that's a crazy town for football, and it rocks. My brother's like, you're just going out there. It's like a scrimmage. 
you know, yeah. on the weekend. <laughs> it's different. It's different. Yeah, it's a different world. But those are the things that you can't uh, that I, I just don't feel we can we can sacrifice. Like those, yeah. If you're not in person, if you're not doing those sorts of, it, it's impromptu. It's and it's you know, hey, you know, we, we're gonna make uh, chicken salad out of chicken shit. You know, <laughs> and, and, and you, you just got to be in person for that stuff. So it's. Uh, yeah, those are those are, uh, you know. I think you're just a, such a, a people guy, and you you keep your relationships, and I think that's one of the things you know from the outside looking in that makes you really successful. Fox News wants to put you on because you're that type of guy, and you know people want to be around you. And I think that's really important to to have that. Well, thank you. I appreciate that, and uh, means the world coming from you. Um, We'll end on this. I'm uh, hoping to bring the Big Daddy Celebrity Golf Classic back uh, this June. I don't know, uh, you know, the way your schedule is. I don't know if it, it allows for it, but, you know, you always have an open invite as my guest because it's That'd important. Be it's always, you know, Hika Castle is a fun place. and uh, Yeah. You'd, uh, have to, you'd have to send your plane for me. We'd have to send something. <laughs> don't worry. Uh, I'm kidding. You, I'm kidding. I, hey, I, I got, you're, I got you're, three flyer miles on Delta. <laughs> no, I fly, I fly my VIPs in. Don't worry. It yeah, is on Delta. I fly my VIPs in. If I could be there, I will be there. No, I appreciate that. And, uh, again, I can't say thank you enough, uh, Billy, for being on. And uh, to all the viewers and fans out there, please make sure to watch the Minnesota Wild this year. Absolutely. Because uh, I'm sure they're going to ripple up the NHL and bring uh, a nice effect. And, 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 you know, we need some new blood in there. So, you yeah, know, yeah, we're going to try to make some noise. And I'm sure you will. So, uh, again, to everyone out there, again, listening and watching, Bill Guerin, general manager of the Minnesota Wild. And, Billy, thank you again for being with me. And, uh, Please send my best to Kara and everybody. And uh, I will, Daddy. Thanks, buddy. Once this opens up, I promise you know I you know I never have a problem going anywhere. No, I, mean, I know. I know we'll see you. And I know. And you know what's funny? What came to my mind, and I'll do this real quick, was I remember when I went to Whistler to the NHLPA meetings, and I was on a bus with you. <laughs> And, uh, I was, uh, I'll never forget that ride, but uh, it was. I'm like, oh my god! Now I'm really, now I've been everywhere because yeah. <laughs> landing and then all of a sudden taking a whatever two hour bus ride to wherever we were going. I'm yeah, like, we had to stop at the beer store first. Yes, that's right. We definitely uh, needed uh, some refreshments. Yeah. So um, anyway. To everyone out there, all you viewers and listeners, thank you uh, for being uh, here and watching and listening. And till next time, from Big Daddy and Friends, this is Big Daddy. Until I see you soon. Everyone take care and have a great night. Hey.